Welcome back to the Pass Forward Podcast, episode 16, The Legend of Curly's Gold. <laughs> uh, with me, actually, no, I'm going to say this first. My name is Corey Draper. Yeah, he is. I never say my own name. <laughs> I know, and it's really important. <laughs> I, Mission critical. I, I realized that like four or five episodes ago, and I kept forgetting to actually say my name. <laughs> with me, as always, are Colin Harmon. My name is Colin Harmon. I'm also saying it. And Wes Allen. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. <laughs> this is the Pass Forward Podcast. Um, we are so excited to be with you today. Thank you for joining us as always. And I'll say this at the top. Uh, feel free to join the conversation at Pass Forward Cast on Twitter. Yes, please. Um, and I, it's is it asked at Pass Forward Cast on Instagram as well. It is. Yes. yes. Uh, and you can email us if you're more long-winded. <laughs> at uh, passforwardpodcast at AOL.com. Or is it passforwardcast? It is it's always cast. Cast. Passforward. Okay, we're consistent here. Yes. Except for me. I'm not consistent. I never say my name. <laughs> <laughs> I can never get our online handles correct. Passforwardcast at gmail.com. And uh, we've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, we've got some news. We're going to talk a little bit about our um, these pop culture icons that we either wanted to be like or we thought we were like when we were younger, growing up in the 80s and 90s. Hopefully you can relate to us mm-hmm. there. Um, very excited. First things first, though, how have you guys been since the last episode? Dreamy. Really Dreamy. living the dream. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, life has been everything I've ever wanted it to be. I have had no troubles whatsoever. Oh, my gosh. This is... I mean, living on a cloud like I do. I mean, I live on cloud eight because nine's expensive, but... You're really asking for something <laughs> terrible to happen. I know. I'm just, just trying just to set the stage. <laughs> I'll probably crash my car on the way home today. <laughs> <laughs> I think either way, I think either way, you believe if you believe in any sort of jinx, you covered both bases. You said it wasn't going to happen, and then you, or like things were going great, and then you said that things were going to happen. Yeah, so I'm definitely so. a goner at some way. <laughs> Whether I just leave and go home and everything's fine, or... Or, or you confuse karma, and you're just going to die at an old age. <laughs> Um, Reverse Benjamin Button. I am so lost right now. <laughs> <laughs> Time travel, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, I am in a much better mood because football is back, and I know nobody can relate to this. I know that football is back. Football I know is what back. footballs are. Yeah. And I am glad that they're back. Because you follow me on social media. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but anyway, let's get right to it. It's time for a recurrent affair. Ringtone. This, of course, is the <laughs> segment where we talk about the news of old, or it's really the news of new, but it has to do with old things because we are in an age where people are bringing back old things. So, um, first things, uh, first up on the docket there, Crystal Pepsi is mm. back. Delectable. Woo-hoo! Crystal Pepsi is a soda that's invisible. <laughs> You didn't even see that it was back, did you? I <laughs> you probably it. just thought it was Sprite. <laughs> you rap scout. Have you here. guys ever had it before? I remember having it when I was a kid when it was first out, but I haven't had it. Um, I've had it. I bought it recently because yeah. I didn't drink it as a kid in Georgia. Like you were like beat up if you drank <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pepsi. You were like a Coke family side. through and through. But I drank it and it tastes exactly like Pepsi, but it's clear. That's mind blowing. Yeah. That's interesting. How is that possible? Can you explain the science? Yes. Okay. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> Wes explains all of science. Yes. yes. Thank you for explaining all of science. <laughs> I assume they don't include some sort of dye or coloring of some sort. Mm. I'm no scientist, but I think I've got this figured out. If and what's weird is when it's in the bottle, you don't really see any fizz or anything, so it looks like water when oh, you're just looking that's at weird. it. Yeah, it's kind of a mind trick. Hmm. Maybe Pepsi tastes like water all along, and they're just taking out the one ingredient that made it brown. Pepsi's water. Water is Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) It explains it all. Just like Clarissa. Mm. Next thing is uh, Lost Boys TV show on the CW. Now, uh, am I correct in saying this? Is this like in the Hook universe? Or is this – No. It's on the CW. It's the 80s movie with the vampire. Oh, okay. I was thinking like like Rufio was coming back. Uh, don't oh, get my hopes up like yeah. that. All right. I got to say Lost Boys is probably one of my top five favorite movies. I see. I've never seen it, obviously. Really? It's not even like in the front of my brain. I mean, I've I heard like I've it. I've seen it. I'm pretty confident I have. Really? Wow. Why well, should we see it, Wes? Well, Why it's, we it's an 80s movie and it's set in Santa Barbara, I think. And, Beautiful. And it uh, has uh, – the reason it's called Lost Boys is because the vampires are teenagers and they never grow up and they never go, grow old and they just mm. – they never age, so like Neverland. Uh, yes, mm. so like vampires. So they, yeah, they're vampires. There you go. <laughs> uh, but the TV show it was set in the eighties. Well, it was it was made in the eighties, so it was set in the eighties. But the TV show is going to jump from decade to decade. It, it, plan, they plan if they make more seasons that they'll jump from decade to decade, hmm. and. Uh-huh. They'll like keep time the, they'll keep style, the well they'll... since they never age they keep going through gotcha. uh, their their lives but they never age. So you think it would be like sequential like they'll start in a decade and then just keep going forward? Yeah, they they're supposed to start in the 60s. Okay. In San Francisco. So does this mean that the Lost Boys are vampires? Is Peter Pan a vampire as leader of the Lost Boys? Different universe. Mm. That's possible. Oh my gosh. He, he does creep around have, at night. He just wanted to suck Wendy's blood. <laughs> that little That snake. really changes the game. It really does. <laughs> like Hook might have been the good guy. Anyway. Oh, my gosh. Onward. You would think he would make his Hook wooden, though. If yeah, that was the, the case. Uh, Or maybe that's why he could never defeat Peter Pan. Touche. Touche. Moving on. Rocco's Modern Life is now a TV movie on Nickelodeon. We've heard this whole thing before. With Legends yeah, another of TV movie. Yeah, Legends of the Hidden Temple. That's, uh, I mean, that's fairly exciting to me because Rocco's Modern Life was my favorite all-time Nicktoon. Is that true? Mm-hmm. It was. I oh. loved it. Um, I yeah, it was a big was really deal. Good. I don't know exactly why it was, okay. but I just, it made me laugh a whole lot more than, you know, Doug or Rugrats. Or, well, it, it kind of had the humor style, a little bit of Ren, Ren and Stimpy, but it kind of held back a bit because Ren and Stimpy was yeah. pretty extreme when without, it came to that Without the stuff. snap yeah. zooms of zits. Yeah. <laughs> good. But yeah, the new movie is supposed to deal with him kind of dealing with like modern day technology and things like that. It's that makes sense because it's Rocco's modern life. Oh, so, whoa. See, what it, see, see how, they, how they get you there? That's, uh, it's hidden in the, in the title. <laughs> we got to search for it. They're hiding it right it's there in the middle. <laughs> hiding in plain sight. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I I might take a look at it. I mean, it, it, I think it might go over better than Legends of the Hidden Temple because – you know, when it's a cartoon as opposed to live action, I guess yeah. it's just more acceptable if it's a little cheesy. Yeah. And I think they're doing like an Avengers-style 
of TV movie of all the Nicktoons together. So I don't know if Rocco was included in that, but like maybe he wasn't. So they're making one on his own. So. The Nickelodeon universe. <laughs> The extended you. Yeah, seriously. The Nick you. They're going to start releasing um, a really dark series on Netflix. It's <laughs> yeah. like a TV MA. There's going to be a lot of blood. Oh, my God. Sex and violence. <laughs> <laughs> so, Rugrats. All grown up. <laughs> <laughs> Rug vermin. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. Next thing is the chick is back. Speaking of making things more serious than adult. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I loved the tick. Uh, the cartoon, and I really liked the Patrick Warburton live action Fox TV show. I, they I couldn't get past the first episode. Of yeah, that. it was a little Most too couldn't. like sitcommy humor <laughs> for me. I don't know. Yeah, I like. I mean, I think it was just because I liked the Tick so much that I liked. It. I I have not seen that version since it came on, so yeah. it might actually be awful. But when it came on, I was really young. So. Huh. But they're bringing the new one back. I remember seeing a trailer for it. I haven't seen the actual pilot yet, but uh, I mean, it looked promising. I watched it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing, of, think? the thing about Amazon TV shows is that they they take like a handful of TV shows and they put up the pilots and they let you kind of vote on whether you want it to continue or not. And I watched it, and it's like it's a little different vibe. Like it's it very much holds up to the newer superhero movies type of type of vibe but the tick is like the only thing that's like comedic about it Mm. uh it's kind of weird because the tick like the whole city and everything is very quirky and kind of weird and everything but like in this one the tick is the only thing that kind of has that lighthearted feel to it Mm. so it's it's an interesting show so they're going more fish out of the fish out of water kind of style like sort of yeah only kind of crazy person in the sane world is it (laughs) still have kind of the like uh, dry humor of, of a little tick. bit, yeah. yeah. Like it, it mainly focuses on Arthur, the guy that dresses up like a moth yeah. mm-hmm. that everybody thinks is a rabbit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but so the tick is kind of like just kind of a background kind of element for, ah. for at least for the first episode. Hmm. Uh, but I, I think it's pretty good. I think I would like to continue watching it if they yeah. still keep making it. I'll have to check it out for sure. Uh, another kind of, on a, I guess, a sad note. Uh, I'm not going to say I guess. It's definitely a sad <laughs> note. <laughs> His family appreciates it. It's passably yeah. sad. Uh, Lou Pearlman, uh, if you don't know who that is, he was a former manager of the most popular boy bands of all time, Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Yeah. And, NSYNC. and O-Town. And O-Town. And, and LFO. Right. He started the whole uh, making the band thing with yeah. O-Town. And we would never have Summer Girls if it wasn't for And what would this Lou world Pearl be Man. like without Summer Girls? I mean, certainly three seasons, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and one gender. Oh, my goodness. I'd never know that Michael J. Fox was Ali- Alex P. Keaton. I know. I would never know that the Larry Bird jersey was 33. <laughs> uh, anyway, Should so. Should we do a Scooby Snacks? Yeah. <laughs> Should we do WAP? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, the I lyrics know, were fun awful. Fun fact: I know that whole song. Are you serious? Front to back. He does. That's, he sings really it a lot it. in our office. It's true. You know, this is a this is a tangent. <laughs> he sings not, it in his sleep. I'm not sure if I've said this on the podcast before, but I remember seeing. I think it was on TRL. It was an interview of Rich uh-huh. from LFO, and Carson Daly was interviewing him, and he was just saying, you know, it's like I, you know. I, it must be just so hard being a songwriter and stuff. And, and Rich is like, oh, you know, it's not, it's not that hard. And he's like, really? I mean, it, it must be like a long process. You don't have that many. He's like, no, I have like 95 songs that I wrote in like the last month. Yeah. And <laughs> then, I just said stuff that I could think of all and, in a row. Well, and, and Carson was like, really? Wow. And he's kind of blown back. And then it was like later after hearing the lyrics, like actually paying attention to the lyrics of Summer Girls and Girl on TV. Yeah. Like, 
oh, that's how he came up with 90-something songs so quickly. Yeah. He just threw words against the wall. He just started yeah. flipping through the dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway. Um, that's amazing. Back to the serious yeah. note. So uh, anyways, Lou Perlman, all I have to say, we're still honoring your yeah. legacy, Lou Perlman. Lou Perlman has <laughs> passed away. Um, R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably should have started with that because now it's like, oh, okay, that's a somber note. But uh, we're moving on to our main topic of the day. And this is just kind of a round robin wild card segment where we are going to kind of each talk about different pop culture characters or even real people from our childhood from the 80s or 90s, maybe even early 2000s that we kind of grew up either idolizing or wishing we could be them or we actually saw a lot of ourselves in them. So uh, I don't know which one of you guys wants to start it off. Anybody volunteer here? Uh, I'll go. Okay, Wes. Wes Allen has the floor. Uh, I'm going to start it off, and it may seem like it's pretty lighthearted or seems silly, but I'm going to get pretty deep with this one, this first one. Jump in. The first one is Donatello. Mm. Oh, I see where you're going with this. And if you may not know, the Ninja Turtles were loosely based on something that was based off on a personality type called the Four Temperaments. Do you know what that is? I do know what that is. Hmm. I actually learned very recently what that is. Yes. Hmm. The four temperaments are Sanguine, which is kind of a playful, outgoing personality, which is Michelangelo. Michelangelo. Say the personality. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Choleric, which is focused and aggressive. Oh, that's Raphael Raphael. for sure. Mm -hmm. Melancholy, which is sensitive and particular. That's Donatello. Mm. And phlegmatic, which is consistent and diplomatic. Ah, Leonardo. Yeah. There it is. See, the thing is when I – the thing about the Ninja Turtles is that that. it was kind of based on – whatever your favorite turtle was was kind of based on who you – what type of personality you were. So like everybody had their favorite Ninja Turtle. It's like I feel like most people like Michelangelo as a kid because he was kind of the wild and crazy Mm -hmm. one. But like as far as me, as far as my personality, I'm kind of a mix between the phlegmatic and melancholy. So like Leonardo and Donatello. And the thing about Leonardo, you, you look at me and you're like, you're not like a leader type. The thing about Leonardo was he was like an unlikely leader. He didn't really like uh, being in it, uh, but like thrust he, upon him. But yeah. since he was so like consistent and diplomatic, like he kind of fell into that role. Mm. But since I'm kind of mixed between the two, uh, like uh, I still relate to Donatello a lot, and uh, he was my favorite Ninja Turtle as a kid. And some of the personality traits of him, like on the cartoon, was that he was like super smart and he liked mm-hmm. to build in- yeah. inventions, yeah. which, which really didn't really identify. I didn't really identify with him as much with that. But like everything else about his personality, like he wasn't like he kind of followed the leader, and like whenever he something came to him that like worked with his like talents or whatever he was like the one one to like step into that role Mm -hmm. and he wasn't really like especially in the movies he wasn't really like uh the like playful one but like he kind of like buddied up with michelangelo or whatever so he kind of like kind of flowed between tribes kind of a Mm -hmm. thing and i feel like that's kind of a lot of the way that i am because like i'm the kind of like follow the leader type of person and uh he was very soft-spoken and, like I said, he just – he did not like to be in the spotlight really. You know, that's really fascinating that you bring that up and because I, I thought of, you know, when I was watching Ninja Turtles, who my favorite Ninja Turtle was and it was actually Raphael and yeah. he's not at all like me. 
Hmm. Um, and I was wondering, just kind of introspectively, like, I liked... So Raphael was my favorite Ninja Turtle. Daffy Duck was my favorite Looney Tune. Donald hmm. Duck was my favorite uh, Disney character. And it's like, man, I liked all the jerks. Like, <laughs> why did I, like, gravitate? I think it was just because they were... They might have had an element in them that I wish I had mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, which of the four temperaments timid. do you feel like you are? So what, what is Raphael's again, real quick? Choleric. Choleric. It's very focused and aggressive. So Yeah, focused and aggressive. So I'm, I'm actually and, – and here, I'll, I'll give, you, give away the, kind of the answer to that question in a second. But so I, I liked Raphael. I think maybe just because he was such a serious person, I feel like I – maybe I thought I could be friends with him or something like that mm-hmm. uh, because I very much am a Leonardo. Um, and we have a where we work we had like a question of the day Um, we have a board where it's writing like a question of the day and we just go and we write down our answers one of the ones a couple days ago was like what is what if you could be one cartoon character what would it be and I thought well it's like oh I really liked Raphael but I actually would rather be Leonardo. So I wrote that down without knowing any of this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, that actually makes sense now as to why mm. I made that decision. Yeah, that is fascinating. So, so, yeah, I'm the diplomatic and, you know, uh, so that's interesting. And yeah. another thing about him was that he, in like the comics and stuff, like he didn't really want to engage into violence or whatever. He mm-hmm. was very independent. I feel like I'm super independent. Sure. You're talking, and, you're referring to Don, Donatello, right? Yes. Yeah. Sorry. And so, like, after big battles or whatever, he would basically just, like, crawl into his glass case of emotion. And, like, if you know me at all, I hate having conflict or Mm -hmm. whatever. So I try Mm -hmm. to avoid it uh, at all costs. So, like, I just really relate to that on a deep level. That's good. So sorry to get so deep on such a lighthearted, silly kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That was perfect. Like, that's a great way to kick it off. And And the four temperaments is not, like, a unique thing used in pop culture. I feel like whenever you have four characters, that's oftentimes the bounce, the way they balance characters. Yeah, mm-hmm. I even extremes. think they did it in yeah. Stranger Things. Like I feel like oh, that's, that's kind a of really an good element point. to it. Ghostbusters, yeah. uh, Stand mm-hmm. By Me, just anything with like four main characters, it's kind of drawing from that. Uh, that's that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's really true. Okay, what do you have, Colin? <laughs> All right, well, mine is kind of the opposite of that, but I have others. Uh, my very first one, even though it wouldn't really make sense for the time period, a person that I I think in this person specifically, I wanted to be like them. Mm-hmm. And so like, I tried to morph my way that way. And that person is Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think just like even watching the show, like I wasn't super into his stand-up you know, right away, but I think watching the show for some reason, uh, just like the fact that everyone around him had their life kind of spiraling into chaos and he was just there like eating chips watching it happen. <laughs> I think was always so fascinating. Yeah. Like I wanted to be that person that sort of like had the illusion of holding the fabric of the universe together. <laughs> I just really liked that kind of observational role that he got to play. And I think like even in some of my own friend groups, like if things were going crazy or one of my friends got, you know, really inebriated at a party or whatever it might have mm-hmm. been, like I was the person they called. And like my house was the place where everybody came to hang out, like even growing mm-hmm. up. And I just really like gravitated toward how did Jerry Seinfeld host? Like, what were the quippy things that he would say? And it, it was super weird because it was like way out of my. And you'd be like, like "What's the deal? With- <laughs> What's the deal with Cheetos, kids?" But it was like one of those things that I think I don't know. I just really got like I loved how witty he was and like clever and yeah. even in like the writing style, which I just assumed that he was witty. But like in the writing style that he had, uh, I just thought was really clever and just like the nuances that he could point out and like how he constantly had this you know view of the world. 
I think I like weirdly obsessed about it. Like even Wes and I were talking about other random stuff that my brain just like fixates on just weird stuff that we do. Yeah. <laughs> that I know stems out of the way that I watched him view the world. Like even as a kid, mm. I just wanted to grow up and be not necessarily successful like him. I don't think that would be necessarily true because I didn't have a category for that. But I think I wanted to be like that friend to everyone. Yeah. Even every once in a while, Jerry would have a storyline where his world got a little chaotic and he's like, ah, I don't want to do that. Yeah. No. And he like gets back out of it. And like the next five episodes, he's the straight guy. Again. Yeah. Like I just loved it for some reason. Yeah. But it's good that you're able to pull out. Cause like everybody in Seinfeld is a terrible human being. Yeah. So it's like, it's totally true. You're pulling out all the really good things about how good of a friend he is. Yeah. It's <laughs> and I, I like that. That's well, good. that makes me wonder if in Seinfeld, they use the four temperaments. Ooh. I wonder if you could like pick that apart. I mean, theoretically you could. If you think I'll, about, I, we I don't would, have to get into that. But no, I just it would be George would be choleric. It would be uh, Elaine. Oh no, what she. I'm going to use the Ninja Turtles thing. I yeah. would say Kramer would be Michelangelo. Yeah, yeah. So definitely. I guess that would leave Elaine as being Donatello because I would feel like Seinfeld would be. Uh, He'd be maybe. Leonardo. Although he's not really diplomatic. Well, maybe he is a little. Yeah, bit. I'd say so. Anyway, he would agree. <laughs> Maybe we could spend a whole other podcast yeah. on that someday. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Jerry Seinfeld. That's won't my, bring that's it my up first. Again. Mine's uh, mine's a lot more shallow, <laughs> but I think it's uh, I think it's something that every guy can relate to uh, growing up in this era. And this was a guy who I didn't really relate to, but I wanted to be, and that's Zach Morris. <laughs> ah, time out. <laughs> yes, uh, he was you know just the coolest. Like under pressure, it is he, true. He always knew what to do, and like even when things got a little out of hand, he figured a way out of it. He was a, a great uh, he was a great schemer, a great improviser, and um, just he was cool, you know. And he got the girl Kelly, you know. Like I was always, I was you know obviously one of the many that had a huge crush on Tiffany Amber Thiessen at the time, and you know he got the girl, and he was the popular one, he was the cool one, he was the leader. It's like I want to be that guy mm. in high school, yeah. Which nobody was, but <laughs> everybody wished they were. Uh, so that's why your cell phone's so big. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Um, <laughs> and you know, at the same time too, he he had a heart. Like he wasn't just this like popular guy who crapped on people. His best friend was a super dork. Like big time nerd, mm. and they were friends. And he, but yeah, he still got along with the jock and Slater. And he he was friends with everybody, and he cared about his friends, and you know was always for them. So uh, Zach Morris was definitely someone I wanted to be. Yeah, that's a good role model yeah. in life, I'd say. Good aspirational role model. Yeah, I like that. And I also learned from his mistakes, you know, when it came to girls, you know, like his, true. how to treat women. It's like, okay, don't do what he did because that did not pan out well for him, you know, that, that kind of thing. That's true. You learn from his mistakes, not yeah. having to make your own. Exactly. Oh. What you got next, Wes? All right. My next one is Corey Matthews from Boy Meets World. Mm, okay. That's a good one. And I almost said Doug, but I realized that for a lot of the same reasons, it was kind of like an overlap. So I just picked Corey Matthews because okay. I feel like it's, there's more layers to it. Uh, I feel like Corey was a little bit more like straight laced than I was, but the other traits were pretty spot on. He was very cautious and he, he was kind of a bundle of nerves at times. Uh, he was very settled and very comfortable and really was not into change at all. Hmm. And he had the same girlfriend, the same best friend, ate at Chubby's every day. <laughs> and there was like even like an episode where everyone is graduating from high school and everybody's going to different colleges and everything starts to change. And he has like a massive breakdown, huh. which is very much the way I am. It's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, – and you know how – 
like Colin, do you know how we always kind of joke that I'm kind of the mom of the group? Yeah. Like anytime <laughs> we like go to true. a conference yeah. or somewhere, I'm like, did you check under the bed? Make sure like all your socks, like you got everything, you packed everything. <laughs> oh. I hear it's going to rain tonight. I might want to bring your umbrella. It's like my uh, Myers-Briggs is an ISFJ and they always define that person as the old man or like the Mr. Rogers type. <laughs> and I feel like Corey Matthews Matthews was definitely that character. Oh, yeah, I can see like, that. He was kind of like the lovable old man from the time that he was like 12 yeah. years yeah. old. Beyond his age. Yeah. So that's very much the way I am. Yeah. And it's like, again, he had kind of like a follow the leader type of personality. It's like he always kind of like anytime he'd get in trouble, it would be because he was like hanging around Sean and stuff. And I had <laughs> like, by I, association. I yeah. had a bed, best friend in high school that was just like that. He kind of got into trouble and I oftentimes got associated with him and everything. <laughs> but like, I was always like a kid that by myself, I followed the rules and all that yeah. stuff. But I was e- easily uh, swayed to like do like kind of like crazy things or like get in trouble. That's so fascinating. And it's funny that you even mentioned that because, like, it's one of my favorite things. Like, we've gone to different conferences and things like that where we're out of kind of our normal element. And there is things like Wes is like, check under the bed. Do we make sure we get, like, what time we have to be up in the morning? We should probably go to bed. And I'm like, whatever. Dang, you're actually right. Okay. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like, it Don't is tell actually, me what to do. Okay, fine. It's totally right, which is the funny. It's the wise and responsible thing to do, which I always appreciate. <laughs> that is funny. Um, all right. Well, I'm up next. Uh, my next one for me, this one, again, is sort of out of my years in a certain sense, but it really is a true one when I really went back and looked. I had a fourth one, but it didn't need to matter. Uh, <laughs> this next one is Pete Doctor, which I don't know if you guys know who that person is. From Pixar? Um, he works at Pixar. He was ah. actually the 10th employee hired at Pixar. Um, he's like one of the screenwriters of the original Toy Story. Um, he is actually the director of Monsters, Inc., and up and inside out and I did, obviously this is those are all after this time, but I remember seeing some of the first um, concept art for Monsters Inc. in like the sixth or seventh grade. I think I saw it like on the Disney Channel or something. They had showed it, and I was like, oh my gosh! And I saw that it said like P D or Pete at the bottom of like in the bottom right. And I remember going to the library and looking up the Bugs Life Art of book which I could not find at the time. I actually found it now. I got it at a thrift store. Nice. Um, but I remember looking through and like seeing some of his illustrations. Like He was a storyboard artist on that. And I remember being like his drawing style, just the way that he used like very minimal lines and that kind of stuff, I just wanted to be able to draw that way. And I felt like it was what I could do once in a while. Like what's the least amount of things I can use to communicate? Because I did that with words. Like I didn't want to say a lot of words. And so I'd be like, what's the shortest sentence I can say that just says what I say instead of into – you know, a giant paragraph, which I'm not doing super well at right in this moment. But, um, and even just like realistically, I loved his work and like I just gravitated toward what I didn't realize at the time, but like I realized I gravitated toward like the emotional content that he would put into whatever he touched. Like he was actually the animator for Buzz Lightyear on Toy Story mm. when it first came out. And just like he put his own facial expressions into it. I know this in post, but, and like just the way that he, kind of articulated the transformation that Buzz Lightyear had to have when it came to like just realizing who he actually was rather than the delusion that he wanted to believe about himself was kind of his uh, matrix of thinking of that. Hmm. And I just think that was kind of his own personal translation. And I think the first time that I actually saw like who he was, it was a premiere of some, uh, I should know which one it was, but basically it was a premiere where it had like 
him and John Lasseter and Ed Catmull and um, some of those guys were all standing side by side. And he was like a head taller than all of them. Like, <laughs> he's taller than he's yeah. tall like me, I think. And I like looked him up, and he's six four. He's exactly my same height. Nice. So, Are you like, serious? Yeah. Wow. Um, but it was just a fascinating thing. I felt like I just really um, had a lot in common mentally with what he was trying to accomplish. Like he's a devout Christian, and like brings that principally into a lot of his work. Like he won't ever make a movie that's about like principally. Thank you. That's, three, that's a good a, word. It's a three dollar yeah. word. Wow. Yeah. Like he brings a lot of that into like his work, but it's necessarily like he doesn't want to lecture anybody. It's just a matter of like I want those kind of things to be the undercurrents of a lot of what I do. Like what I believe, and what I value, is in a lot of his work, and I think that's just a. A cool thing to do in the industry that he's in. It's impressive. Yeah, that's cool. That one's a, a lot. You know, that one's a lot more outside the lines, so to speak. <laughs> but no, that like it all makes complete sense, and that's actually like a legitimate role model to have. Unlike my next one, <laughs> which, good transition. Uh, <laughs> which. Uh, well, I mean, you know, he wasn't terrible or anything, but Carson Daly is the is one I thought of. That was my fourth. It's yeah. funny that you said that, but I didn't use that. Yeah. Uh, so Carson so that's Daly. why you paint your your fingernails exactly. black. Wow. Sharpie. It all my, makes sense. My though. giant phone and my black fingernails, <laughs> my eyeliner, mm-hmm. um, guy liner. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, when TRL first came out in, like, 98, I just, like, this guy was the coolest. Like, he, he was. was so laid back, so chill, and everybody loved him. He had screaming girls around him all the time. And he was buddy buddy with everybody in the entertainment industry. Oh, yeah. Like he, like every time he had an interview on, it's like he knew him personally. He was best friends with Kid Rock. Like he was just, <laughs> which at the time was not a joke. <laughs> that was <laughs> that a real was a accolade cool at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like knew him on a first name basis before everybody knew that his name was Bob. Like he was just. That, is that, that, a, was is cool. that his real first name? Yeah, yeah. I don't I remember his last name. Yeah. I remember one time Carson slipped up and called him Bob instead of Bob Kid Rock. Rock. Yeah, Bob Rock. <laughs> Robert. <laughs> it's like a Kid Rock, Bob Ross mixture. I don't know what that. I like picturing that. <laughs> yeah. Kid Ross. I'll let your imaginations go with that uh-huh. one. But anyway, I, I think what I liked about him – well, also uh, one thing, and I, I don't know why it always comes around to girls, but like he dated Jennifer Love Hewitt, which was like – you got the you got the girl like yeah. of the nineties for me like didn't just, he date Tara Reid or did she yeah he married Tara Reid as well yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but he the thing too is that he, he was different because he would paint his fingernails black and stuff and it seemed to me like he was a trendsetter because like once he started painting it, I don't know if he's, he's probably not the first person that did it yeah. but he started to do like little tiny things nothing like going full goth or anything he just had his own little flair to things. And you started to see other people follow that style. Yep. And I really admired that about him too. Um, so I, for me as a middle schooler watching TRL, it's like, oh, man, this guy is so cool. He just does not care what people think about him, which is what he gave off. I'm sure it's not true. Yeah. But um, anyway, so yeah. I, what is he doing now? He's hosting something, right? He had his own show for a while. He has a late a night show or something. Does he still yeah. have it? I don't know. Well, I remember he had a late night show. He did like five or six years ago, I yeah. think. But I don't know about now. I don't think he does it anymore. But yeah. um, I will say yeah. that you have much more of a personality than he does. I feel like <laughs> at times he can be kind of dull. Yeah. But like he does have that like cool factor where you're like, I wonder what he's thinking. Kind of yeah, well, thing. and that's the thing. That's, I think that's what made him so cool was because he was so yeah. chill. Like yeah. he didn't really emote a whole lot. and Like I've never seen him excited or yeah. anything like yeah, that yeah. or yelling. But it was just like that laid back personality that you didn't really see with VJs at the time. Yeah. yeah. You saw them like with Jesse, the guy who won the, <laughs> the won to be a VJ. Yeah. Yeah. Um and, and people who were just big personalities that like he just kinda offset them and that was that was always really cool. Yeah. I felt like he was a good follow up to Kurt Loder, who was like very <laughs> yeah. like 
deadpan and melancholy <laughs> yes. and like made you want to cut yourself. Like I feel <laughs> like, like the crypt keeper. I yes. feel like everybody that was like, oh, Kurt Loder, he's like the you know voice of my childhood or whatever. Yeah. I feel like Carson Daly kind of brought a little bit more positivity to that without yeah. being like turn off flamboyant yeah, about yeah. his personality. And was just like a likable person. I feel like I had so much like association and positivity with the music that he was surrounded by, and that's why I think I gravitated toward his personality too. So yeah, I'm latching onto yours, but well, anyway, I, 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 we're pretty much out of time. I'm sure we could, we had you know plenty more planned, but um, I hope you guys got the, your favorites out. Um, but I think I'll cut it off here, Deal. and uh, we will talk to you guys next time. Remember, you can join the conversation. Please tell us the people you looked up to when you were growing up tweet us at pass forwardcast email us at passforwardcast at gmail.com or aol.com your pick um, yeah your pick we're on facebook at pass forward podcast you can just search for that i guess that's how you do that facebook.com slash pass forward podcast probably is the best way to do it as always we are up on itunes leave us a review we love uh, positive reviews and uh, we would really appreciate it if you like what you hear hop on itunes take two minutes out of your day and tell us what you think even if it's just one star um, but you better have a good reason <laughs> I shook my fist uh, I just realized you can't see that but uh, yeah so until next time wise men say forgiveness is divine but never pay full price for late pizza <laughs> that was full circle what is, <laughs> what, what is that one from I have Ninja that. Turtles that one, okay well I figured Ninja Turtles but is it like the cartoon or the no, the movie yeah, yeah I yeah, man, I don't even remember that. That's a great one. Anyway. All right. <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye. Later, snorks. <laughs>